Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of December 1. In the news, Armenia and Azerbaijan announced an exchange of prisoners, 32 Armenian POWs for two Azerbaijani servicemen. An Armenian serviceman is killed by an Azerbaijani sniper in Armenia's Vyatstor region. And the EU ambassador to Armenia announces that the EU is considering providing non-lethal military aid to Armenia as part of the Europe Peace Facility. Yesterday, Yerevan and Baku announced that they will release captured military servicemen as a sign of goodwill. In a joint statement, the Office of Armenia's Prime Minister and the Presidential Administration of Azerbaijan said the mutual release of captured person is a move towards taking tangible steps in building confidence between the two countries. Driven by the values of humanism and as a gesture of goodwill, the Republic of Azerbaijan releases 32 Armenian military servicemen. In its turn, driven by the values of humanism and a gesture of goodwill, the Republic of Armenia releases two Azerbaijani military servicemen read the joint statement. Also as a sign of good gesture, Armenia will support the bid of Azerbaijan to host the 29th session of the Conference of Parties, this is the COP29, to the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change by withdrawing its own candidacy. Armenia and Azerbaijan hope that the other countries within the Eastern European group will also support Azerbaijan's bid. As a sign of good gesture, Azerbaijan will support Armenia's candidature for the Eastern European group COP Bureau membership. The two countries reconfirmed their intention to normalize relations and to reach a peace treaty on the basis of respect for the principles of sovereignty and territorial integrity. Since the agreement was publicized, announcements of approval have been coming in from various Western actors and countries, among them the U.S., EU, Germany, and also Russia. Sarkis Khandanyan, chair of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Foreign Relations, said today that the release of the POWs was negotiated between Armenia and Azerbaijan without a third-party mediator. He also noted that the exchange of the captives may take place very soon, possibly on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. If Azerbaijan releases the 32 Armenian POWs. Officially, there will still be 22 Armenian uh, prisoners of war in Azerbaijani captivity. Among them are eight former and current state officials of Artsakh who were captured in September following Azerbaijan's large-scale attack that resulted in the ethnic cleansing of the entire population of Artsakh. The last time Azerbaijan released Armenian POWs was in October of 2022 when 17 Armenian servicemen were repatriated through U.S. mediation. Now, these are official numbers Rubina, they, the Armenian government has said before that they believe that there may be more prisoners of war. Yes, uh, the official other, number uh, is at 55, and right. we believe there's as many as, as 80. 80. Mm-hmm. Well, so far, there has been no official announcement on the names of the captured servicemen to be released. Azerbaijani media sources, however, are circulating a list according to which 26 of the servicemen to be released were captured near Khadzabert and Hadrut in December of 2020. A total of 60 servicemen had been captured at the time. Among those to be released are a Lebanese Armenian Viken Uljekian and reservist Gagik Voskanyan, who was captured near Jermuk in August. Yesterday, he was sentenced to 18 years imprisonment in a court in Baku. Right, so this list that that is being circulated is certainly not the official announced <laughs> official list. or even the real name. So that's why we're not repeating those names and we're waiting for the Armenian side 
to release them if they have them. And earlier this week, an Armenian court changed the sentence of Azerbaijani soldier Hussein Akhundov to life imprisonment. Akhundov and another Azeri soldier, Akshin Babirov, had crossed into Armenia's Tunic region in April of this year. Akhundov killed a guard at the Zankezur copper uh, plant, and in June he was sentenced to 20 years of imprisonment. Babirov had been given an 11-year sentence. It's not clear uh, if these are the two Azerbaijani servicemen that Armenia intends to release, but we suspect it is because as far as we know, Armenia does not have any other Azeri uh, soldiers in custody. Well, and on December 4, an Armenian serviceman was killed by Azerbaijani gunfire in a military position in Armenia's Vyotzor region. An investigation has been launched to clarify the circumstances of the incident. Another serviceman sustained a gunshot wound on the same day in a yet unclarified circumstances. In response to the killing of the Armenian soldier, Armenia's foreign ministry announced that these provocations on the border, as well as uh, continuously rejecting offers of various international actors to continue negotiating, the Azerbaijani side is trying to delay and deadlock the peace process. And in regards to the peace process, two weeks ago, Armenia sent the sixth draft of the peace treaty to Azerbaijan, but there has been no response from Baku yet. And these back and forth yeah. are usually take time. They're never exactly. uh, in a couple of days or even weeks. Well, uh, during a forum titled Gharabagh, Back Home After 30 Years, Accomplishments and Challenges, naturally held in Azerbaijan, this time in Baku, Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev said that it took Yerevan 70 days to respond to Baku's last draft. He added that, well, I'm assuming he's insinuating we're not going to respond any, uh, time to, <laughs> <laughs> any sooner than 70 days. He added that Azerbaijan will study the suggestions by Armenia and will respond, noting that after that, foreign ministers should meet. In his speech, Aliyev also stated that Azerbaijan does not have any reservations with respect to Armenia's sovereignty, but there must be easy access from mainland Azerbaijan to Nakhichevan. This is the exclave. He calls it a road from Azerbaijan to Azerbaijan and says that there should be no customs duties, checkpoints, or border security when the road travels, you know, from the mainland to Nakhichevan, insinuating cutting through Armenia. Although he's not using the term Zankezur corridor anymore. But he's describing a but corridor. But he's describing it, indeed. Well, commenting on the peace treaty, Alev noted that if Armenia wants to include the issue of Arsakh Armenians in the draft, then it must also reflect the rights of Azerbaijanis who were deported forcibly from Armenia to return there and to live there. And their rights and security must be protected the same way like uh, the rights and securities of the Armenians in well, Aliyev also spoke about the recent arms supply uh, that supplies that Armenia has been receiving. He noted that, you know, we say this every time he says these things, but okay, here we go. He noted that the weaponization of Armenia is counterproductive and provocative. The countries that supply Armenia with weapons like France and India now pour oil on fire and create unrealistic illusions in Armenia that using these weapons, they can take back Harapakh, Aliyev said. And then he also noted that at this stage, Baku sees no danger in the West weapons purchased by Armenia, emphasizing the arms coming from France. However, according to Aliyev, if there are any serious installations which can be harmful, they will have to react. And this week it was reported that 24 French-made uh, Bastion armored vehicles are already Armenia-bound and 26 more vehicles are planned to be sent to Armenia soon. The information is stated in the French budgetary bill presented to the Senate. The document also states that Armenia has recently signed an order to acquire GM 
200 radars and negotiations are underway for the supply of Minstrel 3 missile systems. Uh, should we coordinate with Baku yeah. if the missiles are okay? <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's why I say we say this every week because he's always, you know, making comment about how Armenia should not be armed. So he wants to keep this, you know, asymmetry in the region where he has all the power and everybody else doesn't. Well, it's he just... can rest assured that the, the asymmetry will be there for a long, a long, long time, yeah. uh, given how hardcore Baku has been arming itself yeah. for how long? Well, again, yesterday, Aliyev announced that, interestingly, this is a very interesting development, Rubina, that SNAP presidential elections will be held in the country in February 2024. Originally, I mean, the next round of presidential elections should take have taken place in 2025. So it's interesting as to why he's pushed that up for uh, by a year. Well, last time he did this was in 2020, mm -hmm. uh, before the war, mm -hmm. uh, which was also kind of surprising why. I was listening to a report by um, Azadutun that mm -hmm. was citing uh, Azerbaijani opposition parties, mm -hmm. saying the move is basically because these are the, kind of their words, saying uh, because he couldn't capitalize on the Artsakh uh, Nagorno-Karabakh victory as much as he had hoped for. Right. He's, uh, by this move, he's trying to curb the time where the opposition can actually well, uh, organize itself and uh, have a decent campaign or a election participation. He's, he's all hot and heavy into suppressing any dissent in the country, as we've seen this past, what, two weeks now, all the arrests of journalists and some now opposition members being called to the prosecutor's office. So he's very nervous, uh, Ali, if it's clear. It's interesting to see how this will all play out. I was cutting a section for uh, your talk with Nerses Kopalian mm -hmm. and about ontological insecurity yeah. or security in <laughs> yeah. this case. So it's exactly, exactly. What, uh, mm -hmm. what he's been describing in his security reports. Indeed. And on December 5, the head of the EU delegation to Armenia, Vasilis Marakos, announced that the EU is considering providing non-lethal military aid to Armenia. Marakos said that the EU will send a technical mission to Armenia later this month or early next Next year that will assess the country's security needs and come up with the concrete proposals regarding such aid. He did not specify what exactly the bloc would deliver to the Armenian military. The EU will explore non-lethal support to the Armenian military via the European Peace Facility and Right. This is something that they had declined originally when Armenia had requested it. And only in July of this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. in a matter of a couple of months, basically. Well, I think more it's also the September attack, attack. Um, that precipitated um, this shift in their decision. But we'll see um, what comes of it. And uh, earlier in November, the foreign ministers of EU member states approved a proposal to expand the EUMA, the European Union um, mission in Armenia. And we still don't know how many additional monitors will be sent to Armenia to help as a deterrence for its border protection. And against the backdrop of deepening ties between Armenia and EU in the field of security cooperation, Azerbaijan and the EU have agreed to update the roadmap regarding the implementation of the Azerbaijan-EU Strategic Energy Partnership document. Azerbaijan's energy minister wrote about this on Twitter. This week, Armenia's secretary of the Security Council, Armin Grigorian, was in Washington for an official visit. There, he met with U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Europe and Eurasian Affairs Yuri Kim. 
Armenia-U.S. cooperation uh, in security and in the fields of economy, as well as other spheres of mutual interest, were discussed during those meetings. Today, Grigorian arrived in London, England, where he met his British counterpart, Tim Barrow. And also this week, Russian and Azerbaijani foreign ministers Sergei Lavrov and Jehum Bayramov discussed the Armenia-Azerbaijan peace process during the Azerbaijani foreign minister's official visit to Moscow. During her weekly briefing, Russia's foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova said that Moscow has sent out invitations to Yerevan and Baku to discuss the negotiation process, adding that while Baku is always in favor to Russia-mediated uh, negotiations, the same cannot be said about their colleague from Yerevan. These are her words. She added that maybe Yerevan believes that its friends in Washington, Brussels, and Paris have better offers to make. You know, Zakharova should come up with another line. It's getting tiresome. Zakharova should start a podcast. Podcast. I'd listen. <laughs> of course you would, and then you'd call in probably. <laughs> well, yesterday, Foreign Minister Armenia's Foreign Minister Mirzoyan met with um, U.S. Senior Advisor for uh, Caucasus Negotiations. This is, you know, basically the U.S. Co-Chair of the, uh, the, I could say, the now defunct OSE Minsk Group, Louis Bono. During that meeting, Mirzoyan responded positively to the offer of uh, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's uh, proposal to organize a meeting of the four ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan in Washington. And almost a no news in our weekly yeah. news uh, segment, Armenia will not be participating in yet another event organized by the CSTO. This is the Collective Security Treaty Organization. The, um, on December 5, Armenia's uh, Parliament Speaker, Alain Simonian, officially informed the security organization that he will not participate in the upcoming CSTO parliamentary assembly session. Later, he elaborated that participating would not have made any sense as the organization is not implementing its obligations. In recent months, Armenia's uh, Prime Minister, Foreign Minister, Defense Minister, and Secretary of the Security Council have also declined to participate in CSTO events. And this week, uh, Armenia's uh, National Assembly began discussing the 2024 state budget. And uh, similar to 2023, this coming year, Armenia's government foresees another 7% increase in military spending. And there was another 7% last year, mm-hmm. so this is an annual Seems, yeah. tradition. I'm going <sighs> to put it that way. I'm assuming Aliyev will have something to say <laughs> about this. And the ruling uh, civil contract party has taken control over the city council of Alaverdi and made a move towards doing the same in Gumri. After local elections in Alaverdi in September 2022, opposition parties, a country to live in, and uh, the Armenian National Congress formed a coalition and elected Arkady Tamazian as mayor. Well, city council members in Alaverdi held a vote of non-confidence this week, effectively ousting Tamazian from the position as mayor, after which civil contract candidate David Khumashian was elected mayor. Two days later, civil contract announced that it was scrapping its coalition with the Balasanian alliance in Gyumri. This is Armenia's second largest city, by the way, which it had formed following local elections and which had given them posts of deputy mayors of the city. The events in Gyumri have yet to unfold. And 2021-2022, in elections held in a number of communities in Armenia, civil contract failed to secure a win in many of these communities. However, we see kind of a tendency that they're trying to reverse this. Yeah. <laughs> Some uh, machinations taking yeah. place, for sure. Uh, it's taking over, kind of, like, as you said, Maria managed to make its candidate the head of the community in several places already. The civil contract party staged similar takeovers in Tallinn, Verdi, Vartenis, 
Vanazor and other cities yeah. and the Yerevan's case, Yerevan mm-hmm. case was Same. not in uh, it it was even their political party the ruling party but they did not like the mayor and uh, again a vote of no confidence same process yeah and there has been some controversy surrounding the mayor of Echmiadzin, uh, Diana Kasparian. Hetk reports that a construction company belonging to Kasparian's mother-in-law, I don't, you know, you would think they would be a little bit more um, original. It's always the same thing, right? <laughs> so a construction firm belonging to her mother-in-law started uh, construction in the city without having obtained building permits. When Hetk sent inquiries about these permits to the Echmiadzin municipality, they were very slow to respond. And it was only after Hetk reporters visited the municipality on November 24 did the company receive six permits, all of them signed by Kasparian, all on the same day. When Hetk sent another inquiry regarding the permits, they received 14 of, uh, additional documents, all signed by the mayor on November 28. Kasparian's husband, just as a side note, is also a city council member. So we're not sure if this is a story about corruption or uh, nepotism or impunity in a way anticipated, but this is definitely a story about how important media is yes, <laughs> to democracy yes. and to rule of law. Sure. And uh, well, and good for Hetk that they, you know, that they've been very consistent in in trying to get to the bottom of these things. And last for today, uh, we reported that the first ever Armenian-made satellite was launched into space last week. This was on December 1. This week, it was reported that a connection has already been established with the satellite. Good for those who are behind all of this. We always need some good news. Um, And it's been a slow news week, but very happy that 32 of our men will be returned, hopefully soon. As uh, I think it was Sarkis Khandanian who said it could be a matter of hours or days. We don't know when. And also just as a reminder from previous experiences, they usually don't tend to publish the names in case someone doesn't come because the families are anticipating. Then there's always this families at airports of everyone hoping that their loved one is in in there. And also we know that they go through an extensive uh, security check and sure, they, debriefing, yeah, and health checks when they come. So for a couple of days, there's we know they're here, but we don't hear much about them. So we we've unfortunately learned this from yeah, uh, previous yeah. experiences. But we do look forward to to having them return back to their families and to their countries. So that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we will return next week. Mm-hmm.